This is the Do It Scared podcast with Ruth Sukup, episode number 91. On today's episode, we are talking to All-American gymnast Ariana Berlin about daring to go full out and what it means to never give up. Welcome to the Do It Scared podcast. I'm your host, Ruth Sukup, and each week on the show, we will talk about how to face your fears, overcome obstacles, and most importantly, how to take action and create a life you love. Today's episode was brought to you by Elite Blog Academy, our online program that teaches you step-by-step how to build a successful, profitable, and sustainable online business. Whether you already have a business or you're just thinking about starting one, EBA provides a comprehensive and proven approach to refining your message, growing your audience, and generating a sustainable revenue. With more than 11,000 students in 60 countries worldwide, we know exactly what works and what doesn't. And our goal is to help you create a business that you love. If you are interested in finding out more, we invite you to join our free training just for podcast listeners at doitscared.com slash EBA. Once again, that's doitscared.com slash EBA. Hey there, and welcome back to the show. As always, my name is Ruth Sukup, and I'm the founder of Living Well, Spending Less, and the Living Well Planner, as well as the founder of Elite Blog Academy and the New York Times bestselling author of six books, including my newest book, Do It Scared. In today's episode, we're chatting with former gymnast and Fox Sports producer Ariana Berlin about daring to fight back from life's biggest challenges. As a young teenager, Ariana was one of the most promising young gymnasts in the country, on track to compete in the next Olympics. Unfortunately, that dream of hers was shattered when she and her mom were in a devastating car accident that left her badly injured. At age 14, everything she had worked so hard for was gone, and she thought her life was over. But instead of giving up, she decided to chase a new dream. And ultimately, that's what this podcast is all about. It's about learning how to face our biggest challenges head on and choosing to push past adversity so that we can create a life we love. Because in the end, courage doesn't mean we're never afraid. Instead, courage is being scared but taking action anyway, despite our fear. It's putting one foot in front of the other, even when we're not quite sure where the path is going to lead. All right, so as always, just a couple more quick housekeeping items before we dive into today's episode. First, you can get the show notes for this episode by visiting doitscared.com slash episode 91. Once again, that's doitscared.com slash episode 91. And then if you haven't already, be sure to head over to doitscared.com to take our free fear assessment to find out exactly how fear might be showing up in your life and potentially holding you back as well as to discover exactly what you can do about it. Also, if you have any questions or you just want to share feedback on this episode, you can send me an email or message me on Instagram to let me know. And now, without further ado, I am so honored to introduce you to the very inspiring Ariana Berlin. Hey, Ariana. Welcome to the show. I'm so excited to chat with you today. 
Thank you. I'm so excited to be a part of your podcast. This is going to be awesome. Well, let's hope so. I want to just start by talking about your story and how you got to where you are now, because I think you might actually be the first guest on our podcast who has had an entire movie made about their life, which is kind of a big deal. Kind of crazy. I would love to hear it in your own words. So just give us the rough overview, who you are, what you do now, and then how you got to this point. Yeah, absolutely. My name's Ariana Berlin Rothstein, and um, I right now I'm a producer at Fox Sports. So I do documentaries. I do kind of different studio shows. I'm all across the board at Fox Sports, um, which is great because, you know, I was an athlete my whole life, and it kind of works hand in hand, so it's been super fun. And... My story kind of starts back when I was a gymnast and I started gymnastics when I was three years old and from a very young age, it was, I'm going to the Olympics. It was, I'm going to the Olympics and then I'm going to UCLA. I don't know how I got those (laughs) two things in my mind, but I think it was some role models in my life that had been Bruins and I, that was just the path. And, you know, ever since I was in fifth grade, my mom, I was living in San Diego. My mom was taking me out of school to drive me up to Orange County and back six days a week for five, six, seven hours a day. So it was a really big commitment for myself, for my mom, for my entire family. And that's what you had to do to kind of pursue this dream, you know? And I was 14 years old. I was now level 10 training for elite. And elite is the Olympic level. And I had moved gyms to Temecula, which is still an hour away from San Diego. This was six days a week. Now I was homeschooling eighth grade Um, because I was doing two a days up there. And, you know, I had done six years of my life in Orange County. And it was Thanksgiving weekend. And my mom and I were like, let's just, you know, go back to where we used to, you know, shop and get our hair done. Let's just have a girl's day since we have this long weekend, which we rarely have time off practice. So we, let's just say I don't remember that day. Um, I woke up in a coma or I woke up out of a coma five days later after this car accident. So my mom and I were driving up to Orange County, um, got hit from behind, rolled five or six times, um, landed on my mom's side. The witnesses said I was hanging out of the window with the seatbelt wrapped around my neck, holding me inside. So wear your seatbelt, everybody. Um, I, yeah, it was, it's, it's traumatic. It's crazy. And Um, I had broken both of my legs, both of my femurs, wrists, ribs, my collarbone, both of my lungs had collapsed. Um, I was on a ventilator in the ICU. Um, And my mom also, you know, horrible accident. She broke her scapula, um, her tibia, some other broken bones, minor brain trauma. And it was just like, okay, you know, I wake up um, after being in a coma for five days. I see my dad. He kind of walks me through what happened because I had no recollection. And from that point on, it was like, okay, you know, this is my new situation. What do I do from now? And I obviously, you know, wanted to get back to gymnastics. I thought it was possible. The doctor, I remember the first time I ever cried about the accident was months later when the doctor said I wasn't going to be able to go back. Um, I didn't take his word for it. (laughs) He didn't tell you for months that you weren't going to be able to go back. I think they had to kind of assess my injuries. And I thought, you know, the doctor thought there would have to be a subsequent uh, subsequent surgery, which there was, but it wasn't as serious as he had thought. He thought it was an ACL. It didn't end up being that. And I was just like, you know what, even if 
you tell me I can't do it. I, I'm not going to take your word for it. I need to go back myself. This is my dream. It's not yours. You're not going to tell me how to handle it. And so I went back and I was in a ton of pain. I had a, a rod in my femur. I, you know, I had had three surgeries at this point. Um, one was an emergency surgery right in the, after the accident. So I woke up from the coma with this rod in my femur and it did, it gave me a ton of pain. Um, thankfully, you know, prior to the accident, my mom really wanted me to have a well-rounded life and, you know, gymnastics was my only life. You know, I was even homeschooling and I was really into dancing and my mom made it a point to have a conversation with my coaches to take me out early once a week, drive me directly down to San Diego, straight to a hip hop class. And I would take a hip hop class. So I had already developed this passion and this love for dance which I think helped me so much on my recovery process because it was a passion that I was able to pursue quicker. And, you know, I didn't have to be completely fully gymnastics recovered in order to start fulfilling a passion of mine. And, you know, I tried to go back to gymnastics. I was in too much pain, just started dancing professionally for a hip hop dance troupe called culture shock. And through culture shock, um, we do a show at SeaWorld in San Diego. And it encompasses gymnasts, percussionists, rhythmic gymnasts, dancers. It's like this whole show that, lo and behold, the director of the show is Valerie Condos Field, the head coach of UCLA Gymnastics. <laughs> so what are the odds of that happening? And I'm like 15 years old. I'm the youngest person on this hip-hop dance troupe. And Val kind of, she recognized me because she knew that I was that gymnast she had heard of that had been in this horrific car accident. And we connected instantly. I think, you know, she was never a gymnast. She was always a dancer. I had kind of both of those qualities. And so we instantly connected. Um, I remember after two years of dancing for her, it was summer night. It was going in, it was my sophomore year going into my junior year. It was that summer. And I was just like, this is too crazy. Like the, my dream coach of my dream university is sitting right in front of me. Like, what am I going to do about this? And so I went home and I talked to my dad and he was like, look, do you really like, do you, are you thinking about going back to gymnastics? I'm like, yeah, I think so. He's like, well then just ask what, what, what's the harm in asking. And I literally last night of rehearsal went up to Val, Miss Val. And I just said, you know, it's been my dream to be a part of your program and be coached by you. I don't know what I'm capable of doing, but I'll get back into the gym tomorrow. If you'll give me an opportunity to be on your squad. And right then and there, she said, I've seen your work ethic. I've seen, your, I've seen how hard you work with your director. I would take you on just for that. That night changed the course of my life. Um, I went back to gymnastics that week. I ended up walking on the team, graduating a, a year early from high school. Um, ended up competing my freshman year, won Pac-10 freshman of the year. She offered me a scholarship after my freshman season for the rest of my remaining years at UCLA. And I ended fourth in the nation um, my senior year. So wow. it is kind of like this fairy tale. It, it sounds like that, but it, there's so many components that just aren't, you know? Yeah. Well, there are, there's so many different components that I want to pull out because I think there's so many really interesting aspects of your story. So the first one I want to go back because as a as a mom, I the first thing I like relate to when you're telling your story is this amazing sacrifice that your parents made for you, like 
all growing up, being willing to drive back and forth. I have nieces and nephews who play now Division One sports whose parents did kind of the same thing for them in different sports where they were driving all the time. And it is, it takes up your whole life. So was there ever a moment during all of that where first of all, you realized what a huge sacrifice that they were making and was it, did you ever feel like they were pushing you or was it completely self-driven? It was completely self-driven. You know, my dad and my brother, you know, just for not wanting his wife and his daughter to be in a car every day, you know, like this was before the accident, but you know, it continued after the accident. So it, I remember days where I didn't want to go to practice. My dad was like, well, then I'm not going to then just be done with gymnastics because I don't want you guys, I don't want to be away from my wife this long or my kid. And so it was definitely self-driven. Yeah. And sorry, what was your, what was the question before that? That were you aware as a kid of the kind of sacrifice that they were making for you? Yeah. I mean, as a naive kid, I don't think I appreciated it as much as I do now. Now I'm like, oh my gosh, I hope I would make that sacrifice for my kid because I can't imagine. I mean, right now, I just, my, my husband and I just moved to San Diego. I'm keeping my job in LA. I'm doing like part remote, part, you know, going up to LA. And even that being away from my husband is, is you know, taxing. So I can't even imagine the sacrifices my parents made. And at the time, I was definitely appreciative. I I was always appreciative, but I really get the sacrifice. I don't think I really understood it until I, until later in life when I was old enough to comprehend it. That makes sense. Yeah. So you, so you were doing amazing, right? You were, you had moved up to pretty much the highest level of competition. You were very close to being Olympic Olympic caliber. I don't know how all the gymnastics work. So yeah, that's, yeah, that's perfect. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so you were like right on the cusp of the cusp. getting to everything that you had ever dreamed of, everything that you had been working for. And then at 14, it all like literally like that. changed literally overnight. It just changed. So how did you at 14 years old find the courage to keep going from there? Was it something that you like, again, that you had this internal drive or did you have any mentors or key people in your life who helped you to fight back or how did, how did that all work? Because that's, that takes enormous mental strength to be able to have a setback like that when you're so far on a path and you're so close to having your dreams come true and then to have it sort of ripped out from underneath you. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, my family first and foremost, like, they have always been the most supportive. So it was whatever they, whatever I chose to do, whatever, whatever it was, they were backing me a hundred percent. And, you know, I cannot thank them enough for that. I just think sort of, I've always been a really positive person. You know, I even think back now, now in college, you know, whenever I was going up for a beam routine or, or anything, I would, I would just, flood my brain with positive thoughts. I'd be like, you can do it. You can do it. Like I wouldn't even allow negative thoughts to come in. Like why, why would I, why even do that? And I think that's just the kind of person I was. I've just always been super positive and optimistic and always see the best of things. And I'm, you know, when a doctor's telling me one thing, I, I'm, I need to see it for myself. I need to make sure that what you're saying is, is accurate and that you're, you know, I'm going to derail my own dream. You're not going to derail my own dream. And 
um, I think, you know, when I met Miss Val after I was out of gymnastics for three or four years, I, like I said, I had an instant connection with her and she has been my mentor from that moment on, from the moment I met her till, you know, I'm 32 years old in a week, like until now. So it, it, mentorship is so important, you know, I mean, you can, yes, a lot of it has to come from within, but it's those, it's the support system around you that really gets you to that next level. And I'm so thankful for my parents and for Miss Val. Was there ever a point when, you know, maybe a few months after the accident, when you finally had that realization that you, gymnastics was no longer an option, that you felt depressed or that you were just kind of, that you struggled with it? Or was there always just kind of this positivity that I am going to overcome this no matter what? I mean, it sounds, sounds like you have, you have an amazing spark that is very enviable, I think, for a lot of people. It's so funny that you asked that because when we were writing the script for Full Out and I was like having my input in it, they were trying to make a character arc. And I, yes. and I was like, like, I, I was like, that, that's not me. I wouldn't be upset with my coach. I wouldn't be mad at my parents. Like, that's just not what I did. And they're like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because I watched but... <laughs> that movie. And you were a lot, you were definitely less positive in oh, the, yeah. your, your movie characters. So they must have decided that it was not believable enough to be so positive. <laughs> yeah, so that was like definitely a, 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 you know, a point that we had to discuss when writing the script. But I don't know. I don't know. I'm just a, I'm just super positive person. And, you know, I try not to let anything get me down. You know, there's, there's so many twists and turns to life and it's like how you choose to deal with those challenges is what defines you. And I wasn't going to let that define me. I was going to choose to overcome it and whether, you know, who knows, it could have ended a million different ways, but it could have, it could have ended a million different positive ways. Didn't have to end a million different negative ways. So that's just how I chose to look at it. I love that. So I'd love to talk a little bit specifically about your post-gymnastics journey and what it's been like to focus, change your focus as an adult. So how do you think that your sports experience and all of the training and all of the sports stuff that you did all through basically as a kid and then all through college, how did that prepare you for life in the real world? Absolutely. I mean, time management, discipline, like you know, wanting to excel at the highest level. All of these things are, are life skills. And, you know, being an athlete my entire life and now being in sports, it's helped me so much to be able to relate to athletes. I work with, you know, big time athletes. I'm interviewing, you know, these people and working with talent, people who are excelling at the highest of their, of their careers. And I think that's just prepared me to be able to relate. And I think, you know, it's kind of the best job I could have fallen into because, you know, I am relatable and I have been there so I can speak from experience and, um, yeah, just, just, just learning how to work through challenges to exceed in your, in your kind of career is kind of what I've learned. Do you have a process that you follow when it comes to challenges when something, something hard happens? Is it almost like a conscious process that you follow or is it, is does it just sort of happen for you naturally? I'm a super collaborative person and I'm not someone who internalizes things and feels like I have to unwind and figure it out all on my own. 
And luckily, you know, I'm a part of a really great team. We're a tight knit, small team. And so I, I reach out to mentors. I'll reach, I'll talk to my boss. I'll really get all the information I need. So I don't feel like it's all weighing on my shoulders and I have to figure it out, you know, on my own. I, I go back to that support system. Like, I think that's everything. And in my process that still today is, is everything. So I think that's how I navigate through them in the best way. I love that. That's a really important quality, I think, to have because so many people do internalize things or you feel like the weight of the world is on your shoulders and you have to deal with everything all on your own. So to be able to just instantaneously know, okay, I'm going to ask for feedback on this. I'm going to get help. I'm going to ask ask the right people the right questions, lean on my support system. That's huge. And it's there are a lot smarter people than me. (laughs) Wise beyond your years. So I didn't ask this. I meant to, how is your mom? My mom is insane. She's incredible. She has a, oh, she had a um, plate in her femur or not her femur, her tibia, shattered scapula, some minor brain trauma. Um, We were both in the hospital for a month. She is, I, I get my resilience from my mom and I, I didn't even realize it. I don't think until the accident and post accident, I didn't even realize I got my athleticism from my mom. I, my dad and my brother are stupid athletic. I had no idea that my mom, now she's a cyclist. She rides like hundreds of miles a week. Uh, she's such a bad A. <laughs> I don't know if I can cuss on here, um, but she's incredible. And yeah, she's like the star athlete of the family. Now my dad has an electric bike to keep up with her. So it's, <laughs> it's amazing. Uh, but yeah, no, she's recovered super well. She's had probably more injuries on her bike post-accident than she did during the accident. But um, she's just resilient. And I'm, I think I get that from her. Definitely. That's amazing. That's so good to hear. So what is one of the hardest lessons that you've had to learn in your life or in your career, either as a gymnast or post-gymnast life, uh, what happened and what did it teach you? I think it kind of goes back to that moment um, in the doctor's office. You know, um, that was at that point in my life, yeah, I'm a 14-year-old kid, but that was my biggest dream. That was my world. And to be told that it's not going to happen was, like I said, it was the first time I had cried the entire process of the accident. My parents even asked me, like, do you want to talk about this? Like, what's going on? What's in your head? Why aren't you emotional about this? And that was that moment. And I think proving to myself that I'm capable of taking on a challenge and seeing it completely through and, you know, knowing that take, I can take my own destiny and control it. Um, was something that I'm go on using every day, use every day in my life. Like this isn't going to define me. I'm going to take this challenge. I'm going to rework it. So it works for me. I'm going to learn and I'm going to grow from it. I, I encourage challenges. I, I don't look at my accident as a back as, as uh, you know, a setback as, you know, something that derailed my career. I look at it as like, the one thing that I've learned the most from and has catapulted me in life in every way. So I think it's just, you know, that, that choice, making that choice to see things in a certain way and being positive. And, you know, you can, you can choose to be negative. You can choose to react poorly. You can choose, you know, all these, all these, you know, negative ways to go about life. But if you choose the opposite, I guarantee you it's going to end a lot better for everybody. 
I love that so much. So do you feel now that sort of whatever challenge comes your way, you've already been through, you've already been through something that's more horrific than you could ever possibly imagine. So bring it. Is that yeah. kind of almost the attitude? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I even remember being in the gym and I just remember it was like, <laughs> it was that time of the month. I was an, I was emotional. I was doing my bar routine. I was, you know, I mean, this is like so, so, so much on a smaller scale, but I just remember my coach, Chris Waller, making me keep going, keep going, keep going. And I was crying and I was upset and I was pissed and he would not let me stop. And I ended up, you know, finishing, making my routine, finishing the assignment. And like, I, to this day, and he told me then, you'll look back on this day and know you can get through anything. And I already knew that from the accident, but it, it is a reminder every time there's a challenge, like, look what you've already done. Like this, you, you literally almost lost your life and you, and you got through that. And now you're worried about this assignment or this, this, this job or this role or whatever, like bring it. Absolutely. <laughs> it's like a gift, really. <laughs> That's how I look at it. Like I said, I look at it very positively. I don't look at it as a negative thing. It made me who I am. I love it. So can you talk about the role of fear in your life and career? Um, I don't know if you had a chance to take our fear assessment to find out your fear archetype, Um, but I'm curious, what is your fear archetype and have you seen it actually play out in your life? So one, I'm the procrastinator, which I actually don't agree with. Really? Um, I don't. I know I used to be. I'm not now. I'm like very ahead of things now. But that's actually a sign of being a procrastinator. It's procrastinator slash perfectionist. So you probably Uh, are very organized and you like to work out way ahead, but you might be tweaking things right up until the last minute because you're it's you never want it to be Uh, wrong. You want things to be you do a lot like pretty much everything with excellence. I would have probably picked you as a procrastinator. Interesting. Okay. Well, I like that spin on it. (laughs) I'll take it. It has good qualities and bad qualities, but (laughs) it can hold you back when you're too afraid of making a mistake, which I don't think it it doesn't sound like it's holding you back a 10, but if you are afraid of making a mistake, it can also hold you back uh, that fear of commitment because you don't want to commit to something because you're afraid that you might make the wrong choice. So maybe picking out, like taking a really long time to pick out a car or <laughs> make no, a decision mean, look it was like in gymnastics your fear of making a mistake because mm-hmm. it will it'll derail your entire team you know at yes. UCLA it was like all the pressure's on and I cannot mess up so I, I, I can definitely see that side of it but my second one was the rule follower which <laughs> I can I, I it didn't even hit me until I saw that I was like oh god yeah I am And I think it's because my entire life I've had coaches. Mm. I've had parents and I've had coaches. And if your coach is telling you, you can't talk or you have to climb the rope or you have to hit this many beam routines or or else, you're going to do that because you don't want to do the or else. And I think, yeah, that was like the biggest one that really like resonated with me. I'm like, I'm, and and I don't think it's a great thing, you know, like, yeah, the rule follower kind of sounds good. Like, oh, you follow the laws, you follow like your conduct or whatever, but you kind of, I wish I was more like bust through the boundaries and, and more adventurous and things and not just confined to kind of this rule box. (laughs) 
Well, here's the thing about all of the fear archetypes. They all have positive qualities and negative qualities. So there's a piece of each one that's serving you, that's helping you. Like with your procrastinator slash perfectionism, you, you're like do excellent work. You have a great attention to detail. So those are all things that have probably been serving you really well throughout your life and career. And same thing with rule followers. Rule followers tend to excel when they are given a proven path to follow. And even as you were talking about like your early years of gymnastics, you're like, I was on the path. I was doing all the things. I was checking off all the boxes, like such a rule follower trait. And so you tend to excel when you're in those areas where there's where you're given a framework and a, a set a path to follow and you you will follow it to the letter but where it can hold you back is when things go off kilter and then you have to try to figure out you have to kind of be a little bit more dynamic with figuring things out but what's really cool about your story is that you've actually done that in your life in a in amazing ways so i would i would probably argue that it's probably not holding you back um, too much. Okay. Well, you know, <laughs> I always want to improve and grow. So I'll, I'll yeah. you know, <laughs> but it was something... really interesting taking this actually. Sorry. Oh no. It's something that you can just really be aware of. That's the cool thing about taking an assessment like this, because once you actually start to see those patterns, so much of, so much of our behavior happens subconsciously, right? We don't actually recognize it happening. We just think that's just the way I am. But when you can see it happening, that's when you can start to do something about it. And so now that you sort of know this about yourself, you can go, okay, well, where, where can I push the boundaries a little bit? Where, oh, am I being too rule follower right now? Maybe I can, yeah. maybe I can step outside the box a little bit and do something. It's so funny because, you know, some opportunities will come along and I know, you know, maybe they're, they're really challenging or I've never done it before, but I know I could do it, but I haven't actually, you know, been there yet. And I did think of back to this and I was like, you know what, just say yes, just do it. You know, you'll get it done. You know, you have no, you're not going to fail. You have no doubt you're going to fail. It's going to be challenging. It's going to be difficult, but you know that you're going to get it done at the, at, you know, a highly executed level. And I've taken this assessment, seriously, I have, and I've thought about it a lot, and I've moved forward with my life, you know, trying to better myself in those ways. So I, I love, love this stuff. Have you heard <laughs> of the Enneagram? Have you heard of the Enneagram? I have. Yes, I've heard of the okay. Enneagram. What's your Enneagram number? Seven. What are you? Seven. Oh, I'm a three. Okay. Yeah. Like the gymnastics team <laughs> takes it, the UCLA team takes it every year and like, it's, it's so helpful to see how people process things and work and how you can work as a team. And I love, I love this stuff. <laughs> yeah, I love it too. I know I was such an assessment nerd. So what's next for you? What are you working on right now that has you fired up and what goals are you working towards? Absolutely. So currently I'm on a really fun project at Fox sports. Um, I'm in the process of developing a new pilot show which is a totally new challenge. You know, it's, it's awesome because I'm, I'm a creative and um, I love being in that extra heightened creative role. And to be able to, you know, take on the responsibility of developing something that could potentially run on our network is just, has just been so fun. And I've been working with an awesome, you know, coordinating producer and we've just been collaborating for the last month, month and a half, and we're gonna shoot the pilot um, the next couple of weeks. So it's like getting down to the wire, really exciting stuff. Exciting. And that is exciting. Yeah. And my, my typical world, not typical, but you know, I kind of do a lot of different things at Fox sports, but I'm in the long form department, which is our documentary department. And so 
right when I get off of, of filming that, we're developing a documentary on um, the mascot that is Fox Sports NFL. And we're going it, to, it's, it's actually a really interesting story, but that should air sometime around our Super Bowl content. So, oh, fun. So that'll be, that'll be a fun next project. And in terms of the future, you know, I'm, I'm always just looking to challenge myself and learn and grow. So, you know, I, I call myself a documentary producer, but now I'm developing a studio show. And, you know, I, I really just want to put myself out there to, to learn and grow and, and do whatever. I mean, my passion, obviously, having a comeback story and, you know, a pushing through adversity story myself, I tend to connect with those types of stories. So I think just being able to tell stories that I'm passionate about um, and find those sort of documentaries that I can work on more, more, you know, long-term. So I think that's kind of the future. I love that. Yeah. So I asked this question on every episode. Um, What is the best piece of advice that you've ever received and why? The best piece of advice. I think, you know, it goes back to what I was saying about choice. You know, life is about choice and the choices you make dictate the life you lead. And Miss Val told me that. And I think that's just, you know, been the key thing that has changed my life. You know, it's that one choice you make. It's the, you do or you don't, you know, I, I, I could have asked Val to be on the team or I couldn't have, you know, and just because I did look where it took my life, you know, I could have, I, I, you know, maybe I didn't want to work as hard or rehab as hard or whatever, but I made the choice to because I knew if my leg was strong, I could be a key player on this team. And I did, you know, and I was. And, you know, it's just, it's a simple, simple thing that lasts a millisecond. Yes or no? Yes or no? And it could literally change the course of your life. And, Uh, I'm happy. I I mean, I obviously learned that lesson in college, but I think that's kind of been within me my entire life. Um, And so I'm thankful for that. I love that. That's such good advice. It's so true. It's all about how you choose to respond. Yeah. So good. Okay. Is there anything else you want us to know? And then where can we find you? Nothing. I mean, you, you're a great interview. <laughs> thank you, interviewee. Well, thank you for uh, having me on the show. This was so fun. And I've, I've learned so much from you and from, you know, this, this fear assessment that I love. <laughs> um, and you can find me on, I'm on Instagram, Ari, at Ariana Berlin, and Twitter, I think, at Ariana Berlin. Um, that's basically where you can find me. <laughs> All right. And what's the latest documentary we can check out? The latest? Oh, check out Q-Ball. Uh, Q-Ball. Executive producer, Kevin Durant, uh, San Quentin Prison, basketball team in the prison. Um, it's incredible, the lives of these prisoners and how through basketball they are rehabilitated and uh, prepared for the real world. So it's an Ooh. incredible watch. Check it out. And uh, I love documentaries, so I'm always oh. looking for good ones. I'm addicted to documentaries. Oh my God. What's your favorite documentary? Gosh, I don't know. I love, I love all of them. I think probably I watched one about food. Now I can't remember what the, what the name of it was about. I mean, I watch a lot of ones on food and, and like what's in our food and all, and how it's all made and all the 
I mean, I just, I, I'm conspiracy. I think I did watch that one. Yes. Turned my best friend vegan. Be careful. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I love them. I love them. I know. So good. So I can't wait to cue ball. I'll be checking it out. Check it out. Ariana, it was so good to meet you. Thank you so much for sharing your story. It's amazing and it's so inspiring and I love your positivity and just your attitude. It, it is super inspiring. So thank you so much. Thank you so much. Appreciate having me on the show. Okay. So don't forget that if you would like all the show notes for this episode, along with the links to everything we talked about, you can find it all at doitscared.com slash episode 91. Once again, get all the show notes and links on our website at doitscared.com slash episode 91. And while you're there, be sure to take our fear assessment to find out exactly how fear might be holding you back. Then if you're really feeling motivated, go take our free training at doitscared.com slash EBA. And then before we go, I just want to say, as always, that I love hearing from you. So if you have any questions about what we talked about today or any other topics you want to see addressed here on the Do It Scared podcast, please feel free to reach out either via email or just by messaging me on Instagram. And that about does it for this episode of the Do It Scared with Ruth Suka podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. And if you liked what you heard, I would love it if you would post a review on iTunes and then while you're there, be sure to subscribe to be notified of new episodes. And speaking of upcoming episodes, be sure to join me next week for another one of our Get Ruthed coaching sessions. Guys, you never know what truth bombs are going to be coming your way, but I promise they will be flying and I will catch you then.